Hello and welcome to episode 6 of This Too Shall Pass, a podcast about mental health and how it impacts both me and the people that I talk to. Uh, Thank you again for joining me. I haven't uploaded in about a week because I was just taking a week off to, um, well, do what I want. (laughs) I'm currently on annual leave from work and just using the time to recuperate and refresh because for a few weeks there I was having a bit of a dip and my mental health and I could feel it quite um, acutely. You know, I was in a, not a great place, uh, very depressed, uh, feeling very lonely and thankfully that seems to have lifted and I'm coming out of the other side of that depressive episode fully expect that that will happen again at some point that is the nature of having mental health issues you know it's not that oh you're depressed for 25 minutes you know and then you're fine and that's you for the rest of your life you you can't just look back and go oh i had one period of depression if you have depression it's likely that you'll have depression for the rest of your life it's just sometimes you have really really good days or really really good good weeks and sometimes you you don't so i'm very thankful to my friends and my loved ones, especially my husband, again, for being there for me and helping me through it. I can't thank you enough. And also to you guys out there online, especially on Twitter and Instagram, who have been sharing the podcast, checking in with me, you know, doing your part to be there for each other as well during everything that's going on at the moment. So, yeah, um, feeling very motivated today. So on today's episode... I will be talking to the fantastic Brian Ingram, who is a mental health activist and uh, who lives in Hampshire in England. Brian spends his time raising awareness about BPD, which stands for Borderline Personality Disorder. Now, I have been wanting to talk to Brian for a wee while, and I've been following him for quite some time on uh, Instagram and uh, Twitter, and It'll be great to see what he has to say about his journey. Um, You know, I talked to um, Dermot Devlin a few weeks ago, and one of the words he hated people using was inspirational. But I'm going to use it here. Sorry, Dermot. And say that I find Brian to be quite an inspirational person. So I'm going to play my cheesy intro, and we're going to get right into it. Thank you. You're listening to This Too Shall Pass podcast. A show about mental health. This is Stephen Donandalzel, your host. Okay, so I'm joined by the fantastic Brian Ingram. Um, as I was saying in the intro, Brian is a mental health advocate and activist. Um, he has a YouTube channel and a Twitter page and a TikTok and an Instagram and everything else. And um, he talks a lot about BPD, which stands for Borderline Personality Disorder. So, Brian, thanks so much for doing this today. It's really great to finally get talking to you. Thanks for having me. Uh, no problem at all. <laughs> um, so, Brian, tell me, just going to get right into it. BPD, tell me a bit about it. I know what it is, but the people here listening might not. So, in your own words, what does it mean to you? Okay, well, actually, because like I was listening to your um, emotional dysregulation episode, yeah. and because I think that seems to be another term for BPD, yeah. I think. 
Um, so, you know, it's the fear of abandonment, the mm-hmm. intense, unstable relationships, mm-hmm. impulsivity, all those sort of things. And um, I was diagnosed with it about two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd kind of like hit a low point anyway. And so I was due a mental health assessment. Um but the thing is, I was getting help for the depression and anxiety, but just something just wasn't sticking. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was kind of like looking into like other mental illnesses. And I did think bipolar, but the episodes weren't long enough. You know, my moods were more up and down throughout the day. And yeah. Things like that. And I just remember coming cr- across this thing with BPD. I was just like, as I was going through each symptom, I was like, oh, yep. Yep, 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 just ticking all the boxes. <laughs> and um, so I brought it up at the mental health assessment. Um, it was a bit of a process because at first they were saying that I had traits but not the diagnosis. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of confusing. Um, but then I eventually did get the diagnosis. And but I think at first, even though obviously I already had BPD, so to speak, I feel like I like after the diagnosis at first, I became it a bit more. Yeah. Um, so I was kind of questioning everything I was doing, like or thinking, just like, is that a BPD thought? Is this a normal thought? Yeah. Um. Also, I think kind of even with like therapy and stuff, I think going into therapy at first, I was, I thought like you know like the coping skills and stuff was great, but I wasn't putting it into practice at home. Yeah, and then I wasn't. I was was wondering why I wasn't getting getting any better. You know. Yeah. Um. Cause, you know, I do all this learning inside the room and things, but oh, that's great. But you know, not really properly putting in the effort to get well. Yeah, I. <laughs> it's, it's very very familiar. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like it sounds very familiar. Um. So whenever you got that diagnosis then was that in some ways a relief for you or did that compound your anxiety or talk to me a wee bit about how you felt in that moment I'd probably say it was a bit of a mixture I mm-hmm. think at first like I was definitely relieved to know that that in a sense I was right that it was more than just depression anxiety mm-hmm. there was something a bit more severe I guess um, for me personally anyway yeah. um, but I think as well especially with the stigma like around it it was quite daunting because I think it wasn't long after the diagnosis I think that was when I joined Twitter mm-hmm. um, and you know it was quite it's, you know it's been great connecting with everybody um, that has, has experienced it um, but yeah I think it did affect my relationships even more, I think, because like even though I had that diagnosis, I still wasn't as self-aware. And so I was, oh, I think like me myself, I was kind of brushing things off as, oh, that's just the BPD or yeah, whatever, without actually taking responsibility, really. Um, but also, you know, kind, kind of like, I don't know whether it's the same for you, but kind of looking back... I was a lot iller than I thought at the time. Mm-hmm. 
because like, I kind of look back at things kind of thinking oh wow like that was quite a low point or mm-hmm. whatever but I think especially with like in my experience with BPD I suffer a lot of like memory loss like there's years I don't remember people I don't remember um you know I've, I've had people reach out to me and say that you know that we used to talk a lot and I didn't remember the person yeah like their face was familiar but I couldn't really remember much um and that's actually quite scary um yeah for me because I know in a sense what I was like before getting help so it makes me worried about maybe I'd upset somebody and I think that's the other thing as well with that emotion dysregulation like I feel like I can read people's bodies and stuff a bit too much <laughs> so yeah. they might pause for like one second too long I'm like oh they hated what I said <laughs> oh. <laughs> this is all really close to home <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I identify with most of that the, the memory loss not so much it's not really a, a symptom of it for me in fact, it's probably the opposite. I tend to remember everything, which in itself is a curse. Um, mm-hmm. you know, there's things that I wish I could forget <laughs> about how I was. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely looking back on you know times that I had a low point or when I was in self-destruct mode. And at the time, I had no idea. But looking back mm-hmm. now, oh, wow, I was really, really bad. That was That was awful for me back then. And... You know, it was people were like, oh, well, it's just because of your depression or it's just because of your anxiety or, you know, whatever. There was always an excuse in my mind to be like, well, I'm just in my 20s. And that's what people in my 20s are like. It's, it's, it's yeah, there's so much more to it than that. And I'm, I'm kind of glad you said that because, you know, there's a lot of people out there that probably feel that when they're going through this kind of thing, that they're on their own, that they're the only person that feels like this. So, um, you've done a lot of work, a lot of great work on making people aware of just how, how, how BPD affects people. And you talked a wee bit about the stigma as well. What, what are, what are some of the things that you consider to be problematic for people like you and myself in regards to that stigma? Uh, I think like going back to your, episode about emotion dysregulation and mm-hmm. stuff you know when people are saying oh you're overreacting mm-hmm. um because um i know some people that they've actually like looked into the science of it where people with bpd their brains are actually wired a bit differently mm-hmm. um i can't remember exactly what parts i do not remember <laughs> but um <laughs> i think you know growing up you know I'd always I'd always hear the line you were fine five minutes ago (laughs) oh god yeah (laughs) and I'm like yeah that was five minutes ago yeah happened in five minutes (laughs) even just one thing has happened in five minutes um but um no I think as well kind of without going too much into detail like like last year and stuff I was in quite a few I was in like a couple of abusive relationships. Yeah. And um I've seen people refer to people with BPD as like people with third degree burns, you know, it's very it like the smallest thing can hurt. Yeah. And 
also I think with portrayal and like in like films and stuff it, like they're portrayed as being manipulative when you know it can just be I think especially with the kind of double standard where it's kind of like oh well reach out for help but then if you do you're told you're being manipulative or it's kind of like oh well if you were really feeling that way you wouldn't tell anybody yeah um, you know like my ex told me that I was being manipulative to ask him for support while my mum went in hospital and right I, so I was kind of like okay yeah but then I think because of like having that kind of drummed into you yeah. sometimes I could be crying on the floor on my own and I'm like maybe I am manipulative or am I att- maybe I'm attention seeking and I'm like there's no one around <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah because you know that I think when people say things to you so much it does ingrain in your head I think absolutely and you know I think I started like talking about my mental health and stuff before I was even diagnosed with BPD just like on Facebook just sharing shitty statuses and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and throughout the years you know I have had people that are like really were like really supportive about it um but there's also the people being like, oh, you're doing it for attention. But mm-hmm. also people that try and use it. You know, in my experience, yeah. I've had people praise me for it. But then turn it into maybe like a sexual conversation or whatever. And then when I'm not responding yeah. to that, they'll be like, oh, you're just doing all this for attention. You're milking it because they're not getting something from it. Yeah. Um. I don't know like about your experiences as well, but I think especially with talking about it online, and I know most people probably just mean well, they're not like really aware, but mm-hmm. sometimes I feel like people think that I, I'm a professional myself when I'm not, you know, I'm just talking yeah. from my lived experiences. And while it's great that people can open up to me, like sometimes it can get a bit overwhelming. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I mean, I've not had the experience. I'm oh, sorry, sorry, go ahead, Brian. No, no, I was just going to say, like, kind of, as well, like you said, about it in one of your episodes about, you know, it's not a substitute for therapy or medication or, or professionals yeah. like that, you know. Yeah. We're not, we don't have the tools equipped to help with people in crisis or yeah, things like that. And, um yeah, I think kind of because you said to me you're you're married. So how does that how does that affect your mental health and also how does your mental health affect your relationships? How have you managed to kind of improve yeah. it, I suppose? Um well first of all it's 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 my podcast, so I'm the one asking the questions, but that's fine. You okay. know, <laughs> no, I'm, only, I'm, only, I'm only kidding, I'm only kidding. Um no, it's a good question because like my husband is the most patient man on the planet (laughs) Um, and I know I know that I exasperate him because and that's not just because of my mental health that's just because I'm a bit of a twat (laughs) at times Um, but I think it would have been a lot harder in fact I know it would have been a lot harder for me to deal with my mental health issues and to experience what I've experienced and go through it all without William, that's my husband's name, without without William being 
by my side. You know, I I I dread to think of where I would have ended up if William hadn't been there for me and continues right. to be there for me, you know. And that's not to say that people who don't have a significant other in their life are incapable. I just know mm-hmm. that for me, it would have been a lot harder. And I'm not somebody who really enjoys my own company that much. And I do find it hard to spend a significant amount of time by myself without being productive. So if I have somebody that I can turn to and talk to, and, and vice versa, William can talk to me about how he's feeling. And he, he, you know, we're on the same level. He, he loves me for who I am and all that that encompasses. And I know that's difficult for him at times because there are times when he doesn't understand why I'm being so like unreasonable or upset or grumpy or um you know the, the opposite of that i can be very hyperactive or excitable or you know full of energy and sometimes it's like oh my god what's got into him and it's just the literal the pendulum swinging from side to side of my mental health mm-hmm. and he but he gives me the space to deal with that whilst understanding that i'm doing the best that i can so i'm very lucky but also I put a lot of pressure on myself, I think, to be quote unquote normal um, and, and and try to portray that to people. You know, you, you mentioned there about you can get a bit overwhelmed with people who approach you for advice and help. And, you know, I, I get that as well. I think it's great. And it's a, it's a bit of a, it's a compliment to yourself um, to, to have that approachability that people can say, well, Brian knows what this, this is like, or Stephen knows what this is like. Maybe I can talk to them about this. But mm-hmm. there's times whenever, like, I think somebody, I think somebody compared it before to me, like when you're giving out like a bowls of soup from um, a big pot. If you're giving it out to everybody else and there's nothing left in the pot for you, then you know there's nothing left for you. So sometimes mm-hmm. I have to be like, you know what, I can't help you right now. I need to look after myself because I'm not doing well. And I need, I, but I can certainly point you in the right direction. And I try to be approachable. I try to be open-minded with people and, and be supportive. But there's sometimes, right, I can't even support myself. And, yeah. and there's this kind of toxicity as well, I think, with, in, with myself that I find helping others to be a bit of a distraction. So I, I will um, procrastinate from focusing on myself by looking after everybody else and then when that's all over and done with I have no energy left and I am still left with the issue that I myself was dealing with that I didn't you know tackle so which makes it even harder so yeah I hope that answers your question (laughs) yeah yeah no it does I think like it's important to have those good people around you you know kind of like like yeah um so I think for me personally, like growing up, like I was bullied a lot at school. I didn't really have a secure friendship group. Like I always felt a bit like the spare part where it's kind of like, oh, yeah, we'll invite him out just to make numbers or they'll mm-hmm. invite me out for like pre-drinks or something. And then as soon as other people turn up, they don't even acknowledge my existence. And also yeah. kind of with like romantic relationships as well you know kind of being in toxic ones and you know like I hold my hands up there are some things you know maybe like I 
didn't deal with so well you know i think um another thing you touched on in one of your episodes was about kind of you know sometimes if if somebody doesn't respond to your message in like 30 seconds your mind kind of spirals and you're kind of like okay they hate me it's because i said this like three years ago yeah and you know and i think i know that's down to my own insecurities and but i think kind of with the kind of relationships i've been in um because i think because i wasn't self-aware i didn't have boundaries in place Mm-hmm. I didn't know the red flags really I'd kind of overlook things and I briefly kind of like done a tweet today about kind of words versus actions yeah and you know I've had people you know they'd claim that they loved me they wanted to be with me but they wanted to keep the relationship secret you know they were constantly chatting yeah. to other guys and you know but i'd overlook it because i'd be like oh well they said they want to be with me or you know they'd invalidate me and saying oh you're being too sensitive or um, yeah things like that and i found like for my my own experience within like the gay community sometimes i feel that certain behaviors are overlooked as just being gay culture so to speak yes yes and um, I was watching a video the other day um, about men that have been in um, abusive relationships and that includes, you know, men with other men. And mm-hmm. um, the psychologist was talking about that some people will use like the world's injustices, you know, whether that's kind of, you know, we don't have e- equal rights or whatever. Yeah. They'll use that as an excuse to treat their partner like crap yeah Um, or you know kind of how different relationships work for different people you know whether somebody wants a monogamous relationship or an open relationship you know different things work for different people Mm -hmm. um but you know like i've had people say that i'm toxic because i want monogamy or whatever and it's kind of like you don't want ideals pushed on you but you're but they're pushing ideals on other people as well yeah and that happens you know in kind of all walks of life um but i just find kind of then i think i invalidate myself or gaslight myself um because then because then i think oh maybe i i am being too sensitive about him messaging three other guys because at least he didn't do anything in person or yeah whatever and i think that's why kind of when it comes to relationships your kind of core values need to need to align because you know some people may rightfully think you know i'm not bothered if they're messaging other people because that's how they view things um and i think that's why it's very important to even have those conversations early on with people because if your core values aren't going to align straight away they're not going to change later down the line um but also you don't want to get down the line and then you're wanting different things or whatever and sometimes that happens but you know i think especially with words versus actions it's whether that can be with like a partner friends family um but i think it's also these people where they tell you try to tell you how you feel or kind of all this like toxic positivity oh god yeah and it's like i'm I'm somebody i take things very literally like words very literally 
so if somebody says to me oh you're allowed to have a bad day i'll then think oh that means i can't have a bad day tomorrow <laughs> oh my god yes <laughs> and because like you know yeah. with toxic people i've had in my life as well you know they're like oh well you've been going to therapy for two months why aren't you better or you learned this yeah. coping skill on friday it's now monday you should have that under control and yeah i think not... there's a uh, yeah there's a bit of a misunderstanding sometimes i think i think i don't think people mean well not all the time some people do mean harm but i think most people that i have that interaction with mm-hmm. maybe don't mean any harm but like there's a like for example you mentioned about my husband you know whenever i'm getting bratty or a bit snappy with him he'll be like Stephen, have you taken your meds and i'll go that's nothing to do with it but also no <laughs> <laughs> don't call me out <laughs> yeah how dare you first of all lower your voice <laughs> um, but uh yeah it's that that you mentioned there about people saying oh you can have a you can have a, a, a bad day that means you can have a bad day tomorrow you know i've i've jumped into so many what i considered to be friendships mm-hmm. or even relationships with people because i simply didn't want to be on my own yes yeah and i hung i i i spent my time and i poured my heart out to people who for better or for worse really didn't care about me it was you know, maybe they needed something from me that they weren't getting themselves, and you know, then you had two intrinsically damaged people who were just leeching off of each other. I was getting something from them in the sense that I wasn't on my own, and they were getting whatever they wanted from me because it meant that they, they could fulfill that need. But it wasn't a friendship, and it wasn't a relationship. It was like codependency. Um, that was just toxic, and I've had to, unfortunately, you know, thankfully nobody in the last you know, couple of years or whatever, but I've had to just cut people out of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, or I've had, I've had people cut me out of their life for whatever reason. And then I think to myself, well, God, was I a bad person? Am I toxic? What you were saying, you know, mm-hmm. am, am I a drama queen? Am I whatever? And sometimes people just aren't meant to interact with each other. And some people aren't meant to be friends or anything other than friends. And it's okay to say, well, you know what? I actually can't have you in my life because you're you're not giving me what I need, and you're actually making things worse. So I have to let you go, and it's that's incredibly hard for someone like me and you. I think because we value human connection and we value those relationships so intensely that whenever someone doesn't text us back straight away, <laughs> or um, you know, reschedules a meeting, or say go out and for a drink with another friend and you see it on instagram you think well obviously they didn't want to invite me because they hate me um, oh yeah <laughs> or it's kind of like, <laughs> I'm like oh well they took pictures with them but they didn't take a picture picture with me because <laughs> they're ashamed of me i'm an yeah. awful person and like I, i've literally i have literally cried over spilled milk before like quite literally <laughs> and yeah it's just kind of amazing the things that go on in my head i'm like oh they're five minutes late they don't want to be here <laughs> yeah oh they haven't left the house they're gonna cancel i'm a bad person i need to be away from them that's you know that's how quickly the train goes downhill and like i've had experiences where people you know it's it sounds so daft if someone's went Stephen, i can't meet up today i'm not feeling well and i'm like that's no problem they don't like me i should probably kill myself like that's how it'll, it'll go it'll, it'll go that intense you know if i'm feeling mm-hmm. really vulnerable 
And I don't know if that's an experience you've had, that your mood is so dependent on um, the reactions and actions of other people that you put so much stock into them that if they change plans or if they say something that you perceive to be negative, but they perceive to be completely neutral, you're suddenly in the spiral or, as I call it, the dip. Yeah, and I think your mental health. Yeah, this is why I hate like texting. Like I prefer like calling, video chatting, whatever. Because like, yeah, I will, especially with the whole like kind of if somebody puts a kiss at the end or an emoji or something. Like, if there's no kiss, there's no yeah. emoji. They are pissed off at me. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm like, oh, um, yeah. Are you still up for today? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, oh, <laughs> they hate my guts. <laughs> oh god yeah mm. like, are you okay and they go yeah i'm fine You're like oh my god i'm never going to talk to them again <laughs> i remember like um yeah i'm calls and, and video calls and texting i say this as somebody who has only interacted with you until now through calls or through texts and messages but you know yeah i think kind of like i think kind of with the, the progress i have done like, i think i'm a bit better yeah. at it now but yeah, I think it really does depend on my mood that day. I think like if I'm having a relatively all right moment, I'm like, oh okay, cool. But if I'm tired mm-hmm. and shit, I'm like, literally, they hate me. <laughs> they yeah. want to move it, it from one o'clock to half much. one. <laughs> they just want yeah. less time with me. That's what it is. Um, yeah, but I think as well, you know, like that's why like, I find it hard I think especially with stuff I've been through in the past year or so like I think while I have come a long way you know like I and you know I'd love to find somebody to like have a relationship with mm-hmm. it does scare me and I think but I think you know regardless of whether like I get with somebody now or in a year's time or two years time I think those things are still going to be there you know kind of with the PTSD of it all, I suppose. Um, yeah. Worrying, kind of, because I think this is the thing, like, I used to feel, like, really, in, obviously with BPD, like, you feel, like, really intense things with people. But I think now I'm kind of scared to let people in, in that sense of, like, a romantic yeah. way. So then, in the sense, I'm still kind of pushing people away because I'm like, oh, well, they're not interested or I'll be looking for the smallest thing to prove that they're not interested yeah and you know i remember like even like a few years ago when i was like seeing somebody and you know we still get on now there's no hard feelings or anything um but i remember like literally he he would message me like good morning babe three kisses or whatever but then if one morning he puts good morning three kisses without the babe i'm like oh okay (laughs) he's done <laughs> like, I'm gonna get the call in a minute <laughs> yeah oh. yeah <laughs> oh god that's all too familiar and real way too familiar and real thing, like, um, think, in a sense like, I laugh at myself about it but uh, like I still don't underestimate how painful it is for me and for other people like oh, yeah. I think my way for, for dealing with it is just laughing at myself and you know, I think kind of doing things like TikTok and stuff like that's helped my confidence and things like yeah. that. So, I mean, I mentioned in a previous episode about, I don't know if you've ever seen this um, comedian on Netflix, Hannah Gadsby. 
Um, she did a special called Nanette, and it's just when you're saying about when you get you get through it by kind of laughing at yourself. She she had she had made this remark about you know self deprecation mm-hmm. is just another word for humiliation, and I kind of identify with that. But when it comes to this kind of stuff, there are times when I look back at things I've done and said and go. Stephen, you really are crazy. Like, just calm down. Like, there's nothing to be afraid of here. Um, do you find that you get that? Like, you look back at things that you've done or said, and things that you have worried so intensely about, and then thought to yourself, "This literally doesn't matter." Yeah, and I think it's even that thing with like somebody's five minutes late, and they're like, "Oh, sorry." Like, there was like temporary traffic lights. I'm like, "Oh, thank God." Yeah, <laughs> I'll blame. Yeah, I can blame yeah. the lights now. It's fine. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but I think like even just those kind of I think growing up in a toxic environment as well like where people mm. would bite my head off if I said no or you know they yeah. kind of walk over my boundaries even if, even if I said no like even just mm. you know I'd be like plucking up the courage all day to be like oh sorry like I can't make it I'm not feeling well like absolutely yeah bricking it thinking they're gonna have a go at me or whatever and then I go oh no no it's fine like I wasn't feeling it either actually um or whatever and I'm like oh okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah 100% um I think I think for people like myself and well people like ourselves the idea of saying no is or was anyway for me quite a scary prospect and it wasn't until I left an abusive relationship Mm -hmm. that I realized the power of being able to say to somebody no and the person in question I'll not go too much into detail about it Mm -hmm. but I don't think they would ever really expected me to say no to them right and whenever I did and that was at the end of the relationship. Like they literally gave me an ultimatum and I said no. And that was the end of the relationship. And that was when I realized the, the power in being able to say, well, do you know what? I'm, I may be somebody who has mental health issues, but that doesn't mean I don't have boundaries. Yes. And that doesn't, that doesn't mean that I don't have autonomy and the, the right to assert my boundaries and say, do you know what? That's not okay. Or I don't want to do that. And I don't have to explain why. I just don't want to. And do you find that uh, that you find whenever you're, you know, summoning up the courage, if you want to call it that, to say no to something or to change plans, that you almost have to quantify it with something that, oh, I can't do this because X, Y, and Z, that you can't just come out and say no? Yeah, yeah. Like, I'll literally be like, oh, yeah. I've got a doctor's appointment. They're like, it's half nine at night. I'm like, uh. <laughs> uh, no, but I think, like, definitely, yes. like, I feel like, like, I think I'm a bit better at now at just saying, you know what, I'm not feeling it. Um, and, you know, I think, you know, like most of the time, I think friends and people that care about you, but, like, oh, are you sure? Um, mm-hmm. But I think, you know, I think, I think that's okay. But it's when people are pushing you and pushing you and pushing you. You yeah. know, I've had it where, where I've said, oh, I'm not feeling great. I'd rather just have time on my own. And, you know, they're like, nope, I'm still coming and then I end up even having a like, shittier time just because I'm not I was on great company and yeah whatever and all these people were like well I know what's best for you I was like well I thought you know 
me being on the own is what was yeah. best for me today or um whatever but I think also it's weird because a lot of people like to say no but a lot of people but those people also don't like to hear no you know I think in the in the past oh, God, you know, I yeah. had people be like oh you need to stand up for yourself a bit more but I think but they what they really meant was stand up for yourself but not to me <laughs> yeah you know because like, again, like going out with friends and stuff i'd always be the person that like i'd look after the handbags and they or whatever and they'd be gone for half an hour yeah um and then i'd be like you know what i'm not doing it anymore because you know i'm out to enjoy myself as well you know plus it's like what do you expect me to do if somebody does come over <laughs> like can i have the handbags they're like yeah. oh okay <laughs> like i'm not a very intimidating person like I'm not gonna do anything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I'm just take it. Just don't hurt me. <laughs> don't don't sell yourself short. But I get that. I understand where that comes from as well. And there's, you know, you, you mentioned earlier on about you know that perception that people only invite you to places to kind of make up the numbers or whatever. And you, like me, do you find it hard to believe that people would actually want to spend time with you for who you are? Because I took a long time to accept that, you know what, I am actually pretty, like, without blowing my own trumpet, I am actually, you know, okay to hang around with. And, you know, people do like me for the fact that I'm me. It's not that they're inviting me because they feel like they have to. Like, I, I've, I've, if you want to say, cultured or curated a friendship group around me of people that genuinely have my best interests at heart and love me. And there's no precondition to that. But do you find it hard to believe that people can actually like you? Uh, I think when it comes to maybe like creating newer friendships, definitely. You know, I've got mm. friends that I've been friends with for years, and you know, with them, like I know that I can be myself and whatever. But I do still get moments where I'm like, oh, maybe what I said was wrong, or they didn't yeah. enjoy hanging out today. Um, you know, like um, every Friday, like I join some friends on on like a Zoom call, um, mm-hmm. and I'll be like, "Oh, they hated me there the whole time," and I'll convince myself they don't want me to be there. So I'm like, "I've got to go, guys." <laughs> Bye. Yeah, um, yeah. I think definitely maintain even maintaining connections is hard because I think where I've had people, you know, they've like, "Oh, you haven't spoken to me in a week." you don't like 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 you know that which it can it can i yeah. think it can go either way you know sometimes i think that you know i think oh well we haven't spoken in a week maybe they hate me or whatever but you know it's kind of this thing where it's kind of like you feel like you're obligated to talk to them every day to for it to be considered a friendship yes and yeah you know i've got a few friends that i made um so i used to work at sainsbury's i've got some friends um from there and you know we all struggle with our mental health. It's often all the jokes we make to each other, just like, you know, just tearing ourselves down. Um, but, you know, like, they're really understanding. I think because we all experience it, we understand. Um, yeah. But I think, you know, even like trying to make new friends online, especially with everything going on going on at the moment, you know, it's kind of hard because you know it's kind of am I talking too much or am I not talking to them enough 
or yeah. especially where it's kind of people will do something for you but then they'd hang it over your head so you know they'd be like oh well yeah I helped you yeah. that time but yet you're not returning my calls like today or whatever and it's kind of like I yeah. didn't realise I signed a contract here like yeah that's yeah that's an experience I've had all too often mm-hmm. as well yeah and but I, I find that those people aren't really um aware maybe of what they're doing you know it's it's they have their own stuff going on as well I'm not trying to excuse anybody's mm-hmm. behavior towards either yourself or me but I think sometimes for me personally anyway I I have to remind myself that you know what Stephen you're not the only one who's dealing with stuff yeah. as well. Um, so, and I think, not to say that I will neglect my own self-care or mental health or whatever um, to the extent that I have to consider how, how bad somebody else feels and that means that I have to dedicate all my time to looking after them. But I have to remind myself that, well, you know what, Stephen? Yeah, you're annoyed at that person. But if you've done something pretty crappy, that person also has a right to yeah. be annoyed at you. And you know, even if it is your BPD, there's no, there's nowhere it, it says in in the universal contract that that person has to excuse your mm-hmm. behaviour. Um, if you do have a mental health issue, and it's about being able to, for me, kind of recognise that even when people are doing their best for you, or maybe they're not doing their best for you, that it's not about me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 not, it's not about that. Oh, you know what? Today I'm going to go out of my way to make Stephen feel really miserable. People aren't like that. People don't operate that way unless they're actual psychopaths. Um, so I find it difficult to remind myself at times that, well, Stephen, you might be having a hard day and that's fine, but that person might also be having a hard day too. So just, just chill out. Um, they're not doing it to get yeah, out I think of you. That, I think that's the thing. Like, so, I that something that you struggle feel? with a bit? I think you know. Again, yeah. like everybody has bad moments, you know, and they're entitled to those things. Mm-hmm. But it's that thing where it's kind of like, okay, when does it? But when does it then become an issue where they are yeah. actually you know, yeah. constantly putting you down or? whatever because you know you know like especially again like making new connections you know people aren't going to know everything about you so yeah. you know they might make a joke that actually you don't find as funny but you know like then that, that's when you know you say actually i don't know you well enough or actually i don't find that funny and that's for them to then hopefully split okay my mistake i apologize um yeah but obviously you do get those people where they're just like oh well i don't care what i say to people you know um, mm-hmm. you know this whole kind of tell it like it is thing and I'm like no that like I hate it oh and, or I'm just the blunt friend I'm just the honest friend I'm like that's your like what you're saying is your opinion you're entitled to that but that does not actually make it fact yeah all I hear when someone says that and apologies if any of my listeners are <laughs> that person but when someone says to me, oh, I just tell it like it is. I'm just straight down the line. My first instinct is, you're an asshole. <laughs> That's all that means to me. You're you're just completely devoid of tact or empathy. If you, you feel that you have to tell me 
how you feel about me in such blunt terms. There's mm-hmm. a way of yeah, doing I think, it. Um, you know, with after like the abuse I went through doing this, doing the kind of yeah research and stuff, I suppose, into like and antagonistic and difficult, toxic people, it really yeah. has opened up my eyes to kind of the little things that add up. Where it is, you know, it can it, it can be that friend was like, oh, I tell it, you know, like you said, you know, you know, they don't have any tact, they they're not having that empathy for that other person, and you know, yeah, but then they'll hide it behind I don't know, like their star sign or whatever, or whatever. <laughs> you know, people have different beliefs and stuff, but you know, they'll be like, oh yeah, well, I told that person to go f themselves because because I don't know, like the moon was in retrograde, whatever it is. Um, <laughs> and I think, you know, there's all these things now where it means people aren't taking that responsibility for how they're treating other people. And I think also yeah. people are uh, taking the I am who I am thing a bit too far in a sense that, yeah. you know, who you are is enough. You know, you know, you should always be yourself. But there's also, I think, you know, I, you know, I probably, I was probably even like that. I was like, oh, well, this is just me. Um, yeah. You know, if people aren't willing to, you know, kind of self-reflect and think, oh, actually, maybe how I approach people isn't great. Or, you know, cause then, you know, like some people are like, oh, why, do, well, why haven't you come to me about things? And, you know, that's like some people where, because this is the thing I I've learned it's all about managing expectations with certain people. So mm-hmm. you know, there's certain people you know, it'd be great to have love with or or whatever. But there are some people I wouldn't open up to about my mental health just because I know they wouldn't get it. Doesn't necessarily make them a bad yeah. person or anything, but it's just you just don't have that yeah. relationship. Yeah, them. and. Um, I yeah. think I, I read it or heard it somewhere, but I think apparently we only put ten percent of our time into the healthy relationships in our life, which I'm kind of like, <laughs> that's still quite high. <laughs> like, do I have that money? Yeah. Um, but you know, I think you know, there's a lot of entitlement going on, and you kind of see it, you know, even just like in the shop where somebody. You know, the whole, like, Karen thing where they're, like, kicking off because they're coupon <laughs> two days out of day. And I'm like, well, it's out of day. It doesn't work. Yeah. And Yeah. Y- you Get know, kind of. <laughs> or I think it's also, like, people being brought up to think, you know, you know, in a, you know, while people are special, people are important. You know, I think a mm-hmm. lot of people are now saying, like, I'll do what I want. I don't care who I hurt along the way. And um, yeah, I don't know. Like it's weird. Cause, like I always think that maybe if the stuff I hadn't gone through, like if I hadn't gone through that stuff, like would I still be as empath- em- empathetic as I am now? Um, but I, don't yeah. know, I ramble too much. I talk too much about crowds. <laughs> you're not rambling. No, you're not rambling. You're not. You're not rambling. No, this is. The, I mean. This is a conversation I wish I had had with someone a long time ago <laughs> because I find a lot of the time that I'm having to explain my um, 
presenting behavior, if you want to call it that, or my reactions to things Mm -hmm. or whatever to people that empathize but don't get it, if that makes sense. Like they, they know that I'm going through it, but they don't know how to help and they don't know where it's going. Whereas when I'm talking to you, you know, you have been there, done it. You literally have the T-shirt; it's for <laughs> sale. And well, I'll I'll post a link to that. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's 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 good to talk to somebody, and I hope people who are listening to this who have similar experiences. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know about you. Are but like, to... I found that kind of yeah. I think especially in the age of like social media and stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it just highlights like kind of parts of my BPD but you know you see it on social media all the time where somebody says one thing and they're deemed a really horrible person or they make a mistake mm-hmm. and they're like right no they're cancelled or whatever and so <laughs> yeah. like and I think even seeing it amongst like the mental health community sometimes I think some people some people see it as like a bit of like a competition yeah. Or it's kind of like, oh, well, I'm doing all this to raise awareness, whereas you're just doing that, or you're not doing this. So that means you're shitty or whatever. And, you know, like, then they're forgetting to take into consideration people do have different mental capabilities or capacity, should I say. You know, while while one person will be able to do all this, you know, like... Like, for me, like, reading, I cannot process information properly by reading. Um, Yeah. And so, kind of, and, you know, I'm not good. I don't really like posting stats and statistics, like, facts and statistics and stuff, because, like, they're always changing, or it's like, I'm worried I'm going to get it wrong, and then, again, people are going to attack me because I've got it wrong where I didn't intend to. Yeah. And, you know, even, like especially like with BPD, you've got to have, there's nine traits, you've got to have at least five to be diagnosed. And that, so many different combinations. And even if people have the same set of symptoms, they show differently. You know, one person's impulse could be gambling and other person's could be drinking. You know, it's very different. And it's even like the fear of abandonment. One person's fear of abandonment could be clinging on another person's could be you know not letting anyone in and you know i just find that kind of i think that's why like i've been stepping back a bit from twitter because i find it can be very i mean considering people with bpd apparently they have the black and white thinking i see it a lot on twitter where it's kind of like okay well yeah i think this so you should be thinking that or I'm very um, yeah. And, yeah. I'm very you know, that. I th- um, I think I can be too, um, but I don't really. I try and like not to act on it. I kind of think, okay, well, and this is the thing, you know, about educating people. You know, it's not going to happen with one tweet or one comment or whatever. It it takes time. Yeah. But you know, people will be like, oh well, I posted like I gave you this help yesterday, so why aren't you dealing with it now or whatever but it's, it's, it's hard because i think social media is the main yeah. thing to get things out there now and so it is and there is a... and so also sorry, you know, sorry, got go things ahead, like go ahead. podcasts youtube videos tiktoks things on twitter mm-hmm. news articles whatever and 
thing is, like, mental illness isn't a one-size-fits-all approach. And neither is recovery, you know, like, people will be like, oh, well, this helps me, so that should help you. And I'm like, again, you know, may come from a good place. Um, But, you know, it's, it's very hard to kind of put down one thing that helps people. And, you know, that's why, you know, I do say to people if they do ask, I'm like, okay, I found this helps me. It may or may not help you, but also I'm not yeah, in that position to give advice. Um, and I think, you know, I think especially with BPD, I find, again, you know, with the whole different combinations of symptoms and stuff, not ev- and not everybody's the same anyway and you know and it's also like teaching people that even when you're doing well you still have that mental illness because you know like I, I, I could be doing well and then yeah, you know, oh, I might I, have yeah, a that's day and think, oh you were doing so well or I'm like thanks oh, God, for that yeah. <laughs> there's that almost level like that like, you know there's that expectation that oh you're not doing well today well well you, mm-hmm. you must have failed and that that's that's not it at all I, you know i've said to people before who are really struggling and they're like well i'm i'm not doing anything for myself or you know i i'm not x y and z it's like number one you're alive and number two you're loved and sometimes that needs to be enough for that day to get through it because you can't accomplish anything else and that's still that that in mm-hmm. itself is fine and that you know i, I I'm, I'm i'm a qualified and trained oh, okay therapist and and that um I, I i haven't been able to practice since may of last year whenever i started having mm-hmm. a bit of a mental dip and i have been doing so well mentally for such a long time like for say a good five six years and then all of a sudden i find myself going Mm -hmm. downhill again and i had to stop seeing clients i had to you know i was i had had to take a break and i haven't been able to go back to it you see the level of the the feeling of guilt and failure that i had with myself whenever i thought well Stephen, you blew it like you you we're doing so well and then you blew it and now you're back here that i needed to remind myself that wasn't a failure i was looking after myself because i wasn't well and i think people forget that as well particularly people who have bpd it's just because you're having a bad day doesn't mean that you have suddenly failed in your recovery and recovery is not a linear thing you know it's different for every single person as you said and recognizing that you need to look after yourself in itself is not a failure that I think is a success because you go, well, you, you have the self-awareness to go, well, do you know what? I'm not able to do this. That doesn't mean that I'm a failure. That means that I need to prioritize my energy into looking after myself rather than doing the thing I can't do. And yeah, I think, that can um, be difficult. Like, um, but, you said as well, I heard uh, in another episode, I think about kind of, yeah, about, about trauma, you know, one per like yeah. one person, that's somebody's trauma. Another person may think, oh, that's, something you just get over and you know like again i like i feel like i always need to say it just then people don't think i'm annoying but like 
sometimes it may come from a good place where maybe they're just kind of thinking, oh, actually, I think you're doing all right. Um, but, you know, after the abuse and stuff I went through, you know, I was talking to the doctor and stuff about PTSD. Mm-hmm. And then I had, like, a friend, like, well, I say friend, like, I don't, like I'm, I'm just going to say friend, you know, I don't really think anything bad of them. But, you know, they, they did say to me, oh, well, it really upset me seeing you talk about PTSD because people only get it in in extreme in, in, in sorry in extreme cases and again I can't yeah. kind of get maybe why they said that but it also felt very invalidating of my experiences like you know yeah I struggled to get out of bed you know I was crying all the time I was having nightmares flashbacks things like that you know I wasn't really eating or anything and you know to me that was traumatic and I'd never been in that yeah. position Trauma before. Trauma is a big part. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, sometimes life just happens. You know, you could be doing well for five, six years. Then, I don't know, you might have like a death in a family or anything that life mm-hmm. throws at you. And, you know, I think especially with BPD, you know, it just whacks you in the face. <laughs> yeah. Very much so, um, and all of a sudden, then you're you're you feel yeah. like you're back to square one. Um, but when you're talking about recovery, and I kind of want to finish on this because we, I've funny feeling that you and I can talk <laughs> for hours about this, but no. people aren't going to listen for hours. <laughs> for hours. So this will be chapter one of our interview, and then we'll do chapter two another another time because I really want to talk okay, to you again about you. this, Brian. Um, but when you no problem when you when you were talking about. Um, recovery one of the one of my one of the big things that I struggle with and a big pet peeve of mine as well is self-care and what people think Mm self-care is and there has tended to be I think over the last maybe couple of years thanks to Instagram and Twitter there is now an industry built around the idea of self-care and it's not all about lighting a candle or or Mm -hmm. getting in a bath with a bath bomb or whatever you know i i see people talking about oh self-care is yoga or self-care is meditation i hate all those things i can't i see if you have bpd or emotional dysregulation and you try to do yoga or meditation how do you quiet your mind long enough to do those <laughs> things for a start but for you for, do you know what i mean like see if i was to meditate all meditating is is me sitting in a room listening to my internal monologue go yes, you're bad you're I'm terrible you're crap it. i'm like so hold on a I don't want the tree was on the left a minute ago and now it's on the right why is it there? <laughs> yeah. I don't want Go to away. do that. <laughs> so for me, self-care is things like cleaning my house, mm-hmm. taking my dogs for a walk, um, you know, doing the laundry, you know, even things like sitting and watching TV. I know it's not exactly productive, but I am not focusing on the negative stuff during the day. I'm watching TV. What does self-care for you look like? What What do you do to look after yourself? Uh, well, I think like... Um what you said you know kind of about like them building like a whole like industry on it you know like bubble baths floral patterns and things like that and i'm (laughs) like i'm like okay cool maybe that does work for some people and yeah i don't know whether that's why some people don't like my approach because i'm not all kind of like pretty things and whatever you know i've kind of showed the ugly side of it but no i think kind of 
sometimes I literally have to put my phone in another room just to be able to watch TV because I'm so kind of like, oh, well, what's on Twitter? Yes. Or even like, you know, again, that pressure to try and respond to everyone or post and things like that. So I'm like, I literally got to be mm-hmm. like, right, put the phone in another room. And I think yeah. self-care for me is even kind of just recognising what I need that day. Like, or kind of, even if it, you know, I love going for walks, like, that's a major mm-hmm. part of my daily thing that I'll go out for a walk, like, a few times a day. And, you yeah. know, self-care, you know, again, like, you know, sometimes it could just be have, like, a nice smelling candle. I mean, I don't like candles because naked flames scare me. Like, I'm always scared. I'm like, something's going to catch fire. Even though okay. Like, um, but I think... Yeah. Yeah, even just, like, video games or what again you know just like watching tv or maybe just like messaging somebody really or talking to somebody um or even if it is just you know i just lay in bed and maybe have music on or something but even if it's just like i can't get out of bed that day i still think that self-care because i'm kind of doing what i need in that moment and you know it's not yeah again it's not all like pretty you know like hey when people are oh therapy is fun and I'm like, me reliving trauma is not fun. <laughs> I'm crying right now. And yeah, you know, I think yeah. <laughs> I don't know about you, but it's something that I've thought about recently. Like, kind of unlearning those toxic behaviors. Like, I actually find myself getting upset, mm-hmm. like, or like finding it hard, like I've really got to push myself to maybe not text somebody straight away or whatever and it's it's really uncomfortable to unlearn unlearn those things and it's very uncomfortable i think it can be quite Mm -hmm. painful as well yeah um because we're so inclined to be the good friend to prove that we're not the bad people that we convince ourselves that we are that we we try our very best to be the best possible friend, the best possible boyfriend, the best possible whatever, and that's you know, and some some sometimes that is not the best thing for us. Um. So yeah, Brian, I'm gonna yeah, call yeah, it a yeah. day on the interview Sorry. if that's okay. <laughs> Probably ramble. No, no, no. Stop apologizing. Stop apologizing. It's it's. I, I invited you on to talk. You talked. It was really interesting. I really enjoyed talking to you about this because, um, as I say, it's nice to talk to somebody who understands and who, if you don't mind me saying, has a good grasp on these things. Because it's 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 one thing to talk to people about mental health. It's another to talk to people about mental health who are going through it. You know, and I think there's an awful lot of emphasis on people saying, "Oh, it's okay to talk. It's okay to not be okay." That's those sentiments are great in, in theory, but when it comes to practice, it's a lot deeper than that, you know. Um, so this has been I've really enjoyed this, and I hope you've enjoyed listening. I have enjoyed or, it. or talking you. even as well to me. Um, no problem at all. So I will definitely have you back on um, at some point in the future because this has been great. So Brian, thank you so much. Stay well, look after yourself, and I will speak thank to you, you again really, care. really soon. Thank you so much. Thanks. Bye. Okay, that was um, myself talking to Brian Ingram. 
Um, I really enjoyed that conversation. I hope you did too. I found it very helpful for myself as well, talking to somebody who um, not only understands what mental health issues are like and BPD is like, but what it's like to live with them, I suppose, and what that feels like too. So um, this has been probably the longest episode that I've recorded with anybody. And I just want to say thank you again to everybody who listens in every week and to people who send me messages and give me feedback and tell me that they like the podcast. It's very appreciated. I really wish I could convey just how much um, I do appreciate it because I tell you something, when you're a paranoid wreck <laughs> like me and you don't have a lot of self-confidence, it's hard to uh, put something out there like this and let it stand on its own two feet, but I'm proud of it, and I, yeah, I I like where it's going so far, so yeah, I hope you are all well, I will see you again in the future, well, see you again, well, you can't see me, but you'll hear me again, and uh, I hope to hear from you again soon too, look after yourself, stay well, wash your hands, wear a mask, watch your space, take care, bye-bye.